0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. God bless you. If you are not living an overcoming and victorious life, you're doing something wrong. You know, there are more than 8,000 promises in the Bible, 7,000 which pertain to humankind. Promises like salvation, purpose, I'm going to pick this up because I like to walk around, okay. Um, I don't have a belt today, so thank you, this is great. So promises like salvation, purpose, strength, protection, preservation, length of days or long life, health, perfect peace, Direction and guidance, rest, grace, hope, prosperity, joy, healing, wisdom, anointing, freedom, deliverance, and victory. The King of all kings, Lord of all lords, creator of the heavens and the earth, is not only a promise maker, he's a promise keeper. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So God not only speaks the word, but he watches over it to ensure that it is accomplished and it is fulfilled. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is his word, and he is a keeper of his promises. Amen. Amen. As blood-washed, blood-bought children of the Most High God, we take on a new name, the precious, incomparable, unrivaled, unparalleled, priceless, most holy name of Jesus. And you know what? We become sons and daughters of the King, and I am now part of a royal heritage, and you are part of a royal heritage. And Amen. guess what? That means you get a seat. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So what does it mean to be part of a royal heritage? It means we get a seat at the master's table. Amen. Each and every one of us were intended to sit at the master's table. There's in fact a seat with your name on it. But some people instead are choosing to sit on the floor. Asking him for, praying for things that he has already promised you. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking for the promise, claim it. Claim the promises of God over your life, over your children, over your family, over your household, and then thank him for it. Man. Yeah. When the table had been set and everyone had gathered around with a little plate at my grandma LaCour's house, she would ask my dad to return thanks. And notice, she didn't ask him to bless the food, she asked him to return thanks. Exodus 23, 25 says, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Our food is already blessed, so we don't have to ask him to bless it, we just need to thank him for it, express our gratitude for the meal that's before us, mm-hmm. for his provision, and say thank you. Amen. Did you know, as children of the king, that we can actually speak things into existence? Yes. Exodus 33, 17, And the Lord said to Moses, one of my favorite scriptures, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Thank you, Jesus. Mark 11, 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That's good. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. thank you jesus he will have whatever he says Mm -hmm. so speak it into existence proclaim it over your life over your family if you speak it if you have faith for it you will have whatever you say thank you jesus so what's the key faith we've got to step away from doubt Okay, so I don't have TikTok like all the cool kids, okay? But I have Instagram. And sometimes people share TikToks to Instagram, right? Have you guys all seen the one toxic person? Walk the other way. Toxic person? Walk the other way, right? But maybe we need to say doubtful thought, rebuke it in Jesus' name. Doubtful thought. Rebuke it in Jesus' name. Bye bye. No, 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 no. Rebuke it in Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what? You will have whatever you say. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every night before I go to sleep, except for like one night a month that I just I go to sleep and I forget, but I like to study my Bible before I go to bed. And I was reading in Genesis chapter 16 about Hagar being visited by the angel of the Lord. What I found interesting is in Genesis 16, 13, it says, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Can you leave that up? I have seen the God who sees me. Well, wait a second. I thought she was visited by an angel. Scripture says the angel of the Lord came to visit her. Why did she say, you are the God who sees, and I have seen the God who sees me? Well, I've been borrowing my dad's study Bible, and I haven't given it back. (laughs) So I was looking in the subtext, and it says that the angel of the Lord was likely an appearance of Christ unto Hagar. Hagar. So I kind of thought about it for a minute, and then I shut my light off, and I went to sleep. Then one or two days later, another scripture came to remembrance. Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. That's the same angel of the Lord. Let's leave that up. The manifestation of God that met Hagar. Do you realize, what, it was like, do you guys realize what this means? The King of kings, God Almighty, Lord of all lords, personally encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. God does not leave our deliverance up to a lowly angel. He takes care of it himself. Thank you. He Jesus. could have assigned a lowly angel to watch over me, but it is Christ himself who encamps around those that fear him and delivers them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So claim the promise, speak blessings over your life, over your children, over your family, over your household, because the God who sees encamps round about us, delivers us, and is a keeper. Of his promises. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to tell you something right now. For all of us in the room that have lost a lovely grandmother who was like a mother, or that have lost a mother, know this prayers never die. Mm -hmm. Prayers never die. So the prayers that your loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord have proclaimed over you, the promises that they've claimed over your life, over your family, over your children, over your future, they are still coming to pass because prayers never die and these promises are unto you and to your children and all that are afar off as many as our Lord God shall call. Claim the promise. It's yours. God bless you.
1: Praise God. You know what makes mothers so special? Mothers are so special because they are always there when needed. They are so special because they are willing to let go even when it hurts. They are so special because they care enough to say no when needed. They are so special because they always are welcoming with an open heart and open arms. Mothers are so special because their love is unconditional. They are so special because they are our first teacher. They are so special because they always believe in us. They are so special because they know us like nobody else and always seem to know what we're going through and what's bothering us. Okay, what's bothering you? Oh, nothing. I'm your mother. Okay, spill the beans. You might as well. Because you know why? The next thing is when you spill the beans and tell her all about it, They're so special because they have the solution to almost every problem. They're so special because they are our chief encourager. Mothers are so special because they bring out the best in us. And you know, even women who have never had biological children can be a special mother to somebody.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: And that's important. Yes. Because sadly, some biological mothers aren't haven't been good mothers. Sorry. And the opposite is true sometimes. Uh-huh. So it's, the, a mother is more than just a, uh, a physical thing. Uh, it, is, it is an office, it's a role, it's an important position in a child's life and uh, nothing can take its place. Amen, amen. Now, I'm gonna have you stand one more time, please. Just, uh, we're going to read one verse of Scripture in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We love you. We praise you and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach this morning on this wonderful Mother's Day, the the subject, the way they should go. The way they should go. You know, experts believe that the first years of a child's life are their most important years. These first few years are referred to as the formative years. Experts differ on the number of years that make up the formative years. Some say it's the first five years. Others say the first seven, and still others the first eight. The, Greek, the great Greek philosopher Aristotle said this, give me a child until he is seven, and I'll show you the man. And there's truth to that statement. Mm-hmm. What experts do agree on is that the formative years are crucial to the child's development and will determine what kind of person they will be. They say a child's formative years is a period of rapid intellectual, physical, emotional, and social growth. They also say their development occurs based on the child's response uh, to the interaction between genetics, environment, and experience. And a child's environment and experience play a huge role in the development of their character traits and foundational beliefs. And that is why it's so important that parents amen, oversee and direct their children's environment and experience as much as possible. The reason for this is because everybody and everything in a child's life is training them. Everybody and everything that's allowed access to the inner circle, amen, of a child's life is training them, amen. We don't want a TV training our children. We want to train them, amen. amen. We don't want somebody else training our children. We want to train them. Other people can help, amen. But we are the last say as the, as the parents. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. As parents, it's up to us to do our best to provide the best environment and best experience for our kids so they will thrive in those formative years, which also goes on to their later years. Because you know what? Even though some kids uh, think they know which way to go, think they know which way they want to go, I'm talking about young, young kids, uh, you know, under 8, under 7, under 5 years old. Uh, hey, Amen. It's really never a good idea to allow them to go the way they want to go, just unchecked, uh, and unguided job 14 1 said man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble job 5 7 says yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward and proverbs 22 15 said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child see our text verse gives us very wise counsel with regards to raising kids train up a child in the way He should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's one of those promises that Jessica was talking about. And that was a great word, Jess. Thank you. Amen. Amen. That's one of those promises. You train them up. Amen. That's not a guarantee. It's not something that they're going to, it's going to be a perfect situation and that they're never going to stray. But you know what? If we'll do it God's way, we have a promise that somewhere down the road, they're going to not depart from it. They're going to come back to it. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Children need training and teaching from day one, so they will go the way that they should go. It's never too early to start this training process. Dr. James Dobson said this, every day that goes by without spiritual training for your children is a day that can never be recaptured. So the purpose of this training process is for the children to go the way they should go and not the way they think they should go. It's not even the way that the parents should think they should go. Amen. It's the way God wants them to go. Amen. Amen. We got to have God in our lives so God can help the parents direct the kids in the way he wants them to go. You see, Proverbs 14, 12, When it's when we talk about the parents, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is a way of death. So we know that we, even as parents, don't always know the best way to go. We're doing our best, but that's why we have God in the center of our family, in the center, amen, of relationships between a husband and wife or kids, amen, so that we will do our best to follow God's Word and God's leading, Amen. There's only one way we should train them to go. That's God's way. God's way is the right way. God's way is the best way. And God's way is is the way that leads to endless day, eternal life in heaven someday with Him. Praise God. I thank God that we can train them up in the way they should go. And God gave us the way. We didn't have to read it in a book somewhere. We didn't have to go to some class somewhere. But God gave it to us. Praise God. And when it comes to raising your kids, you'll never go wrong doing it God's way. Amen. Isaiah 30, 21 said, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And that that word behind you is the Spirit of God speaking to you. Amen. Saying here, that's the way to go. Listen to my still small voice. Amen. Look into my word. I'll show you the way to go. Praise God. Training them in the way they should go involves much more than just telling them which way to go. It also must be showing them by our example, living our life before God, showing them by our example which way they should go. Amen. Amen. One person said, training a child goes beyond telling them what to do. Children are keen observers. They learn from the actions they see on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. And that means that they don't just teach them, that we don't just teach them how to pray. Amen. But we also let them hear us pray and that we pray with them. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That means that we don't just tell them about how important it is to read the Bible, but we let them see us reading the Bible. And then if they have any questions, we talk to them about the Bible. Amen. And we don't, it doesn't mean that we that we we don't just teach them the importance of loving our neighbor as ourselves, but we let them see us practicing this principle every day how we treat other people because they're keen observers they're watching us that we are the, the parents really are, are the kids heroes they really are and, and it, it's a tall order and sometimes we let them down but we got to do our best to example this before them Man. the way they should go mm-hmm. train them praise god bring them to church so they can be positively and powerfully impacted by what they see, what they hear, and what they feel. Kids can feel the presence of God just like we can. Amen. You say well i was bringing them to church and they were just nodding off and they were sleeping and they were looking at the ceiling and you know whatever don't hey don't kid yourself that you know something's going on god can get a hold of their heart god can call them to something god can tell them about something amen you got to give them the atmosphere remember remember its experiences and its environment those are huge impacts. This is a great environment to get some awesome experiences. Praise yes. God. Oh, well, hallelujah. You, Amen. Amen. You know, I, I look at the Bible, and I think the greatest example of this principle of training them the way they should go and when they're old, they'll not depart from it, is the, is the story of Moses and his mother. Amen. We find that early on in the book of Exodus, uh, after the Egyptians uh, had taken the the children of Israel and turned them into slaves, uh, and it had been 400 years, uh, and finally, you know, God was getting close to, uh, you know, having a plan to get them out, uh, and it was going to go through one young man uh, who just was just born. But sadly, because of the Egyptians and what they were doing they were uh, av- having all the male children that were born killed and only allowing the, wi- the female Jewish children to, be, to live because they were worried that they would grow up and become soldiers uh, to fight and overthrow Egypt because the nation of Israel was pretty big uh, even in, uh, under the bondage they were, praise God. So Moses' mother saw that, yeah, I'm not going to let these soldiers have him, and she hid him. And she tried her best to hide him one month, two months, three months. But after three months, you know, you can't keep a little boy quiet. You know, I mean, little girls, too, but I mean, because little girls talk, I guess. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) but little boys, man, you can't keep a little baby quiet, you know, and then people are going to be, you know, turning neighbors in and all kinds of stuff. So she knew that she was uh, on borrowed time. So three months, it wasn't enough time To put anything into that baby as far as learning and and experience and teaching and exampling but she had no choice and so so we know the story she sent him down the Nile River in a little bitty ark a little bitty floating basket and, her, and his older sister Miriam was following along the riverbank, kind of watching over to see what happened. And we know that God's providence just put him right into this little little cove uh, where Pharaoh's daughter and her maidens uh, were out there just uh, relaxing by the, water side, the riverside. Amen. And they took that baby up. Uh, and she, the, the Pharaoh's daughter instantly was smitten by this little boy. And so she wanted to take him for himself, herself. But she knew that he needed to be taken care of. He needed to be nursed. And so here Miriam pops out of the bushes and she goes, I need someone to take care. And she goes, I know somebody. Okay, here, take the baby. Here's a bunch of money. Here's some soldiers to watch your house and take care of this baby. And then I'll come and collect them once he is weaned amen and what a what a powerful thing so of course Mar- Miriam which is Moses' older sister takes Moses back to her own, his own mom and his own mom gets money and protection to take care of her own son isn't God good isn't God good praise God hallelujah amen so that's how fast a situation that looks bleak can turn around to something awesome yes. in just yes. one moment's time. Yes. So don't give up on your situation, folks. Yes. It, it can turn can. around yes. just like Thank that in you. one Jesus. day. Yes. One day. Thank you Jesus. It can turn around. Praise yes, the Lord. Can.
0: Thank you
1: Jesus. Amen. So in Old Testament times, during the time of, about this time in the Old Testament, mothers nurse their children for the first three to four years of their life so let's just say moses that that, this follows suit that that was about what happened here so moses mother nursed him for the first three to four years of his life amen and uh then he was separated from his real family and he came to live with pharaoh's daughter in the palace And then he was taught in the ways of Egypt. He was raised in Egyptian schools. He was taught the Egyptian language, the the Egyptian religion, the Egyptian culture, and all about it. Amen. Praise God. And now many years have passed. And Moses, we don't have any uh, record of him seeing his mom or seen his parents or his sister or his brother or anybody. Amen. We just see he was raised in the royal palace, in the Pharaoh's house, palace and house. Amen. And now he was a man. Praise God, surely he had forgotten all that his mother had taught him in those early formative childhood years. Surely he had forgotten all the prayers she prayed over him during those, that time that, he, that three to four years she had with him. Surely he had forgotten, amen, about the God of Israel and that he was born one of God's people, amen. But in fact, the opposite happened. Because at 40 years old, he remembered where he came from. And he remembered who his people were. And when he saw, he was out there and he saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating up on a Jewish man. He took that, uh, Jew, that Egyptian and he killed that Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And then when word got out that he had done that, he ran and fled. And that's where he was when he became a shepherd And uh, 40 years later, the burning bush, and we know all that story. But the whole bottom line is, Moses' mother trained him for three to four years. Oh, I don't think a three to four year old will understand. I don't think, oh no, you, you just let God handle it, amen. You just put it in him, praise God. Three to four years old, hallelujah, she put it in him. And when he was old, he did not depart from it. He came back full circle. Praise God. Amen. He went on to become not only the deliverer, but also the giver of the law. Amen. That God gave him to give to the people. Praise God. And then every seven years, he would read the entire law during that time, those 40 years in the wilderness. He would read the entire law, which was more than just the Ten Commandments, because if you read Exodus all the way through, you read Leviticus all the way through, you're going to see a bunch more subcommandments and sub-ordinances and sub, uh, you know, statutes, praise God, that all kind of branch off of those Ten Commandments. And so every seven years, everybody, because there was new people being born, there was new things going on, people needed a refresher course, and they, they heard the law every seven years read to them, and Deuteronomy 6, verse 2 said that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, is the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul and with all your strength and these words which i command you today shall be in your heart amen and then you shall teach them diligently to your children Amen, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up, praise God. We gotta, as parents, put it in our hearts and live the life and walk the walk and then talk the talk to our kids when we go in the house, when we get up, when we go to bed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God's one and you gotta love him with everything. Praise God. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah! Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. After 40 years, Moses, amen, died, but before he died, he passed it over with God's blessing, amen the torch the baton whatever you want to call it over to joshua to take the leadership and to bring the people across the jordan river into the promised land and joshua took on that same tradition that same seven year reading of the law and joshua chapter 8 verse 34 joshua's the bible said he read all the words of the law the blessings and the cursings according to all that is written in the book of the law There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. Everybody heard. Amen. The little ones need to hear. Praise God. Train them in the way they should go. Let the little ones be there to hear. Bring them to church. Praise God. Read the Bible at your house. Praise God. Let them hear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I, I, w- I was uh, 20, 20 or 21 before I came to God. Amen. But I thank God that my kids were born into this. Amen. And they had a much bigger head start to receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized when they were about seven years old. Praise God. Amen. What a wonderful start. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. You You see, the law of God was to be taught and passed down to each subsequent generation. It wasn't just to be kept for for that group of adults. Psalm 78, verse 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Yes. Amen. When we get to the New Testament, we find Apostle Paul. You see, Timothy, we have two books in the New Testament, First and Second Timothy. Timothy was an apprentice. He was a young man that Paul was mentoring and helping and training, amen, uh, to be a minister, amen, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we find that Paul mentioned the godly heritage of Timothy, who was one of the young preachers at the time. He mentioned his heritage in 2 Timothy 1.5. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, he's talking to Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Thanks, Grandma. Thanks, Grandma Lois, for showing me what to do. Thanks, Grandma, for showing Mom Eunice what to do. Thanks, Mom, for showing me what to do. And now look, amen, I'm blessed to be working with the great Apostle Paul, amen, to preach the gospel to every creature.
0: Thank
1: you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Train them up. Train them up. Amen. Because it doesn't just happen by accident. Mm -hmm. Amen. I've had this question, these two kind of questions asked to me over the years about my kids, and my wife, I'm sure, too. How did your kids turn out so good? You know what? Like, you're fortunate your kids turned out so good. Ugh. Shaking their head. But it has nothing to do with luck. It has nothing to do with chance. And it's, it's not something that happened by accident, because let me tell you something, based on everything I already said, kids don't just turn out. Mm-hmm. Amen. My wife and I made the decision when the kids were born that she would stay home with them for the first four years of their life and not work. That was a very big financial sacrifice, but we felt it was well worth it, amen, because of the benefit of those formative years, Amen. Then, when they went to preschool, she got a part-time job working only when they were in preschool, and they would get out like you know, right after lunch, early afternoon, and then she would get them, and she'd be with them the rest of the day, Amen. Praise God, because we did not want a babysitter raising our kids, we didn't want a daycare raising our kids, and I understand sometimes we can't, ha- we don't have a choice financially or whatever people in the families and situations they got to have a babysitter longer than they really want to or daycare longer than they want to amen and that, that that's fine if that's what it has to be but just remember you are amen in charge of the experience and the environment praise god we wanted to be the primary trainers and teachers of their lives, and we wanted to instill in them the foundational principles of God's Word and example those principles in front of them. Amen. I remember praying for our girls many times before they were born. I would lay hands on my wife's stomach, and we would pray for those kids, for, not for, for their health, for, for them to serve God. Amen. For God's protection, all kinds of stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's never too early to start training. It's never too early to start praying. Yes. Amen. Every yes. night uh, I would tell them a Bible story and even act it out with sound effects and props. Then we would say our prayers and before I tucked them in. So even before they knew how to really read, they already knew a lot of Bible from all the bedtime stories. Amen. And we taught them God's Word. And we prayed with them, amen, and for them. And we took them to every church service from the time, I don't know how old they were, but I guess when the doctor says they're allowed to come out of the house, you know how after, because, you know, they were prematurely born, you know. They were only... uh, about what was it six weeks old or 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 there was six six months uh, premature or two months premature but uh it's been a long time (laughs) praise god i'm getting my my things mixed up amen but when they let us they had to be in the hospital for a while because they were you know too small in their weight and then they finally one got to come home then another one got to come home and then they they told us to keep them in the house for a while uh until they get to a certain weight and a certain age i guess whatever and then as soon as they were able we brought them to church we had them dedicated to the lord and they they knew a church service under the pew, on the pew, in somebody's arms. They were being passed around like hot cakes in the church. Yeah. Amen. Because everybody, you know, well, hey, look at these twins. And, and, you know, and my wife was, you know, appreciated for the break. <laughs> Praise <laughs> God. Amen. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, so they, uh, they, all they knew from a little kids was the church atmosphere. Mm-hmm. The, the singing, the praying, the praising, the Word of God. Amen. Sunday Thank school and all that good stuff. Yes. Amen. So, I think my wife would agree with me the greatest achievement in life for me and my wife have not been having long, successful careers in companies, or it's not been able to have a nice home to live in. It's not been able to take some wonderful vacations in the past. Amen. It's raising our daughters in the ways of the Lord and watching them grow up to serve the Lord and to be the young ladies that God wants them to be. Amen. That's the greatest achievement in my heart, my wife's heart. We couldn't be more proud of them. Amen. And what they've become. And the light of the Lord that they allow to shine in them. And the love of God that they allow to proceed from them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise Praise God. When some people first meet them, they go, this can't be real. (laughs) But you just hang on a minute. It's going to be the same thing today, next month. A year from now, and some of you that's known them since you've been here a long time, they haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I thank God for that yes, because you, we trained them in the way they should go. Thank you,
0: Jesus.
1: Praise God. Would you stand with me? Third John, one verse four. John he was speaking about his spiritual kids in the Lord that he had won to God. But he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And that's how I'm feeling this morning. I got no greater joy. So it's easy to see that the training, teaching, and environment experiences a child grows up with in their formative years will be a significant determining factor as who they will be as an adult. But let me tell you something to close this off. There are some that might have regrets over missed opportunities. And no, no parent's perfect, we know that. Amen, and when it comes to how they raise their kids and, and you know if they wish, wish you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, and I wish they woulda done it different, or some people weren't saved when their kids were in their formative years and they got saved later on. I got good news for you this morning. It's never too late to pray. We already heard prayers never die. We can start throwing them up full-time extra right now it's never too late to start keeping God's Word and living it in front of your kids I don't care how old they are it's never too late to hope. one person said remember as long as you're breathing it's never too late to start a new beginning and another one said it's never too late to change your life amen train them in the way they should go Jesus said in john 14 i am the way the truth and the life jesus is the way that all of us should go he will give us a new life and a new way that will not only change us but will positively and powerfully impact all those around us especially immediate family second corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So if we just get in Christ and stay in Christ, gonna be okay, folks. Gonna be okay. The training process, the teaching process, it doesn't stop when a kid gets a certain age. Yes, the formative years were vital, but it doesn't mean there isn't hope. It doesn't mean something can't happen now. Because with Jesus, when you put Jesus in the mix, experience can be enhanced, and environment will be greatly blessed and changed, and things can change, and people can change, and anything can happen where Jesus is. Because He is the way, and we're going to walk in it. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank Him right now. Let's pray. Let's talk to God right now.